Amen. Once you have a seat, you've been standing a while. I know that. I was at a men's breakfast yesterday morning. We sang that song. It was a great men's breakfast. That was probably my favorite part. Yes, over the food. <laughs> to hear men singing and then get the added bonus to come into a church family and hear men and women singing all hail King Jesus. You, you hail thing. You de- that's a declare. That's a declarative sentence. We are hailing King Jesus. And so God, this morning, I, I pray that through your son, King Jesus, Holy Spirit, this morning, that we would hail you for who you are and we would hear you for who you are. God, I give you permission to do whatever you want. I know you, you will do that anyway, but I'm, I, I would ask that in here we would give him permission. We would give ourselves permission to hear from God. your son Jesus name amen amen we, we did we had a great men's breakfast yesterday I know a lot of you probably were there it was great we sang we ate we we heard about uh, we had some small group time it was kind of like a really big men's community group it was great so I just thank everybody that was involved in that and then I always like to tell you guys what's going on if you just miss it you know if you don't know what's happening we do more than just here we we do more than just fake snow in the parking lot okay if, if you got here late you're like I don't know what he's talking about that's on you that's on you. I'm not going to shame you anymore, but you're missing it. Uh, and t- later today, in our second service, we're going to have another baptism. I don't know if you guys have been keeping track at home, but we're closing in on 100 baptisms this year. Okay? That's incredible. That's incredible. People like to get baptized in the second service. So if you come to the first service, well, keep coming because we don't have room in the second service for you. But just know that that is going on. But we're starting our series today, Peace On. And uh, I, I want to wish you, probably not the first person, to say this to you, but Merry Christmas. Okay? It's finally time. We've been saying this since July, but uh, Merry Christmas. Quick little show of hands. Who does not have a tree up in their house yet? I'm just trying to catch it. Okay, pretty good, pretty good. It did rain a little bit yesterday, or, so it probably tripped you up. Uh, who has a real tree in their house, not the plastic, you know? Okay, thank you, thank you. Those people really love Christmas. Um, that's good. How about lights on the outside? Good. You know what? We, we put up lights on the outside, and about... Three weeks ago, it was, do you remember? It was like 70 degrees. You guys remember that? And I said to my son, let's go put those lights up today. And he's a traditionalist. He's like, no, no, we can't do it. And I was like, it's nothing to do with the time. It's to do with the temperature. And he won. And so we ended up putting lights up. It was like 20 degrees and windy. And guess who helped the whole time? That's right. That's right. I don't know if you ever had a middle schooler help you put up Christmas lights. It's a lot better than a 10-year-old. I got to tell you that. But I, I do love this time of year. I love, I love Christmas. I think it's just fun, isn't it? Everybody gets along so well. No family disputes. Everyone's just very open in their communication. They say exactly. That's not true, is it? Is that true? Come on, guys, help me out here. Is it true or not true? It's not true, right? Come on. Maybe you guys are like me. You've, you all, only you thing you know about Christmas is what like Hallmark movies have taught you. I'm forced to watch those, so that's where I'm getting a lot of my information here. But it isn't like that, is it? Which is probably why we need to spend time on peace at church. Peace. This year, that's what we're going to do. We, we look at that word peace. We put it on things. Some of you may have a t-shirt that says peace. I don't mean like peace. I'm not going to like, you know, peace from, from God. Peace 
from, you know, uh, well, just look at our theme verse here. Read it with me. Luke 2.14. I think it'll be on the screen right here. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. Now, I thought we were going to read that together, so let's do that again, right? Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to the people he favors. Now, pop quiz, I know some of y'all are waiting for Christmas vacation to start if you're in school, but here you go. Where is the peace coming to? Peace on? What more time? Does anyone think that's super general? That's kind of everything, isn't it? I mean, look around. Is there anything in here that's not on earth? Some of you are like, I'm not too sure about the guy three rows over, you know. No, he is on earth. He may not look like it, but he is on earth. And I'm with you. I want world peace. Who doesn't want world peace? Raise your hand if you're a world peace of earth. No, everybody wants world peace, right? But I also want to know, when I read that verse, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on, like, I want to get super granular with that. I want to know, I want, I'll just be honest with you, I want peace on my house. Anybody with me? How about this? I want peace in my relationships. I'm not looking for a Hallmark movie, but I do want peace in my relationships. How about peace in our schools? Do you want peace in our schools? You know, we have a lot of different schools that come to this church. If you come just to youth group on Thursday night, there is tons and tons of schools. Do you think that we need peace in those schools? Do we need peace here in North Penn? Upper Dublin, Wissahickon, Plumstead Christian, Philmont, Hatboro, Horsham. What am I missing? <laughs> yeah, we want Central Bucks, Central Bucks. I need to write that one in for the second service. How about peace in Philly? Do you think the city that we're closest to needs a little peace in it? I think it needs a big peace. Peace on me. Can I have peace in all of those places? Is it possible of course it is of course it is they said peace on earth to people he favors well I want to be one of those people peace is something that people really want and rarely get if I went around the room we're not but if I went around the room and said do you want peace in your life absolutely do you get peace in your life hardly ever you need a different type of peace. You need the peace that comes from heaven. You can be financially stable and still not be at peace. Am I right? Uh, You can be married but not have a peaceful relationship with your wife. True or not true? Oh, that's true. You can be successful on the outside but in our house we say put a piece of work on the inside. Maybe that's a southern eastern Kentucky thing. I don't know. Do you ever just say that guy's a piece of work? We're not talking about that type of peace different type of peace. There is a peace that only comes from God. But sometimes we trade in our peace for stress, for worry, anxiety, fear, conflict. So is peace on earth possible? The Bible says yes. The Bible says yes. And there's so many different ways to go about it. So here's what I want you to do. I want you right now just to pray with me Pray that the, the God who gives peace will give it to you. Here's the thing. You know that he will. Pray that he will give it to you right now. Just 10 seconds. We're going to go quiet. You pray. Is that 10? Who counted? 
The peace thing was promised. Look with me. Peace was promised. Way before the angels showed up, peace was promised. A prophet named Isaiah, he wrote this about peace. He said, for, for to us a child is born. Does this sound familiar? We, we typically read this at Christmas. This is, you know, December. For us, to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. That right there should get an amen from a crowd. I'm just telling you. I'll read it again. And uh, the government shall be upon his shoulder. Amen. Thank you. That's true, you know. Whether you think it's true or not, that's true. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and everybody with me, Prince of Peace. Now, who do you think the prophet Isaiah is prophesying about? So we all know it's Jesus, right? It's not like, oh, that's, that's a surprise. No, not a surprise. We all know it is Jesus. And what is Jesus? What is one of his titles here? Prince of Peace. Peace. The story of the Bible is that Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, came into humanity, into history, into the, a room just like this. Now, he was a barn, I get that, but I'm saying he is here, he is real, and he took the church as his bride, and he said, I will give you peace. I will be the Prince of Peace. That is peace. And here's what I found out, is that we, 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 Jesus takes us from spiritual poverty from a, from a mortal end, and he gives us life. He gives us absolute life. I can have that peace everywhere I go. So when we talk about a series called Peace On, we're like, yeah, but where? Where? How, how do I actually get it? Where does it look like, and where do I need it the most? And so here's where we're going. Week one, he can be with you everywhere. Peace on earth. But I said we want to get granular. Here's where we're going to start. Peace in the valley. Peace in the valley. Now, have you ever been to a valley? Did you find it peaceful? I've been to lots of peaceful valleys. I've been to Zion National Park. That's very peaceful. Maggie Valley there at the base of the Smoky Mountains in North Carolina. Very peaceful. But that is not the type of valley we are talking about, is it? I'm talking about when, when you are so low that you can't tell left from right. Have you ever been in a valley like that? We're all family here. It's Christmas. Raise your hand if you've ever been in a valley like that where you don't know what you want to do. It's foggy, right? It's not lifted. It's misty, you know? And all you can see is that you don't know where you are. Did you know that the God of the universe, the Prince of Peace, can bring you peace when you are down, way down? Did you know that you can have peace in the valley? Get this. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and he is with you everywhere you go. Excuse me. Jesus is with us. He is among us. He is around us. He is in us. He is part of our church. He is with you on the mountaintop, but he is also with you in the valley. Look what they said in Matthew 1. It says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. You guys know this part, right? And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means what? Say it with me. God with us. Raise your hand if you're an us. I'm an us. God's with me. He says, God with us. Those of you who are Jesus followers, you know this. You know this already. You especially know it when things are going well. You really know it then, don't you? You get good news, God is with me. You're giving praise to him. How about you got a raise that you've been waiting on? Do you, you clap your hands and amen it? Maybe your career takes a turn for the, for the better. Like, woohoo, 
I'm good. Some of you, maybe it's just like, man, just when I get a good parking spot at Target, I'm like, Shekinah glory is here, right? Like God is in those parking spots. You love it, right? It's easy to sense the presence of God and to know that I'm an us when things are going well. That seems like a no-brainer to me. But what about when things aren't going well? Are we hooping and hollering then? Or are we trying to figure out, I thought I said God with us. I thought that's what his name meant. How about when you're hurting? That's a valley. How about when you're alone? That's a valley. How about uh, when your kids really aren't doing what you think they should be doing? No show of hands there, but I think if you get kids, if it hadn't happened, it's going to happen. How about when your family is crumbling? This is a good time of year for that. Uh, How about when school is getting really hard? Some of you college students, it's finals season right now, isn't it? You're like, I'm in the valley. I want to show you that there's peace in the valley. And here's, here's something I learned a long time ago, and it'll be on the screen. We enjoy God on the mountaintop. Amen? We enjoy God on the mountaintop, but we get to know him intimately in the valley. We enjoy him on the mountaintop. I love a mountaintop. All my life, I've heard like, well, you're in a mountaintop experience. I'm like, dude, have you ever been to a mountaintop? That's awesome. Mountaintop experiences are wonderful. I enjoy God on the mountaintop. But I get to know him intimately in the valley. And here's where we get tripped up. here's, Here's where we spin out a little bit. You don't even have to be in a total valley. Anybody ever have like nine great things going for them and one bad thing? Which one dominates your life? The one thing, like if you got, remember the juggling? I'm not going to juggle, but let's do plate spinning. Let's go, let's say you're spinning, I'm not going to do that, I can't do that. Let's say you're spinning three plates, but one of them's wobbling and getting ready to fall. Which one gets your attention? The wobbly plate every single time. I can have 10 things going and nine of them are awesome and one of them isn't. I could be doing a great job, have a great church, have a great, everything can happen. One little thing can come into my life and totally pull everything down. Isn't that something? And when you look at scripture, it's interesting that, that valleys, they, they represent various and assorted things. Uh, battles took place in valleys. Uh, uh, seasons of desperation take place in valleys. They represented seasons of loneliness in valleys. But they also represent times of growth. Because we can enjoy God on the mountaintop, but we get to know him intimately in the valley. There's this awesome little passage in, in the book of Psalms, in uh, chapter 84. It says, blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. Not the national park in Utah, different Zion. Blessed are those whose strength is where? In you, God. So blessed are those who strengthen God. It goes on. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. The valley here that, that they're talking to historically is most likely related to a tree. And, and I'll get to that in just a moment. But it'll make sense after verse 7. It says, they go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. Very, very similar spelling is what I'm saying to that tree. And this tree is very interesting to me. It oozes sap. Anybody have a tree that every time you touch it, your hand is sticky? You may have one in your living room right now, you know. (laughs) That's a tree in my living room. And when I touch it, my hand is sticky, all right? So, okay, so if you walked through and passed this tree, it was so severe, the sap, that they often called it a weeper. Wild guess why they called it a weeper. 
because it looked like it was crying. So sometimes this is even called the valley of tears. Anybody in a valley of tears right now? Anybody walking through a valley and if, and if we were to see you, we would, we would say, you look like you're weeping. You see a, a valley in the Bible and, and you oftentimes you see it as a dangerous place. A lot of bad things happened in the, in the Bible in valleys. Remember, this is not a time like ours, but robberies, attack, animal attack, all sorts of things. Not good. So, so God is saying, blessed are those, I mean, he's saying that, blessed are those who find their strength in the valley. We enjoy God on the mountaintop. But we get to know him intimately where? In the valley. Listen, I know it's Christmas, but I know that some of you are here today and you you may not be a Jesus follower. Man, I'm glad you're here. I I love that you're here. Uh, You're just maybe checking this place out. Somebody said, show up early. They're going to play a cool song. Oh, they're going to have a DJ in the parking lot. We should go check that out, man. That was cool. I like that, right? And I love that. But but what you're you're finding is you're like, wow, I, I actually think I'm in a valley right now. And I want you to know when, when this time comes that you're in that valley of tears, maybe you're, you're weeping, literally maybe, is, is maybe you're saying things like this. Maybe this, it's hit some of you. I don't know. Maybe, maybe some of you would say this. I have had enough. You ever think that? You ever say that? Or I can't do this anymore. You're in a valley. Or I can't go on. Or how about this? I don't know what to do. You ever, you ever thought that or said that? Can I, can I shoot you straight? I know I'm a preacher, and I'm, but, but this is like, if, if you are not following Jesus, if Jesus is not the strength that you are finding, if you don't have God in your life, then what you have is what you have. That's not good. If, if, if you're not following Jesus, if King Jesus is not king of your life, if you cannot say, all hail King Jesus, then what you have is what you have. Do you hear me? So if you're in a valley of tears and you're like, I don't know what to do, look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Here's the truth. Turn to Jesus. Follow him. He is a game changer. Listen, I I know some of you are here and you're not a Jesus follower and, and you're looking around at all these church people in here and you're thinking, they got it all together. You ever think that about church people? I don't because I'm a pastor and I, I, they don't got it all together, Okay. They don't got it all together. But sometimes you can come in a place like this and, and you can say, man, this is so joyful. I'll bet everybody in here has peace 24-7. Do you ever think that about good old church folks? Mm-hmm. Yeah, me neither. Get this. Every, every Jesus follower I know, and I, I mean this unequivocally, every single Jesus follower I know knows what I'm about to say, that you get to know God in the valley and that the only way through the valley is through Jesus. Every single follower I know would say, I have had a low time and or I'm having it now. And they would say this, it wasn't easy. I think there's this misconception that Jesus followers have it easy. And I don't mean the persecution. I don't mean that stuff. I don't mean getting made fun of. I don't mean that. I mean, just because I'm following Jesus doesn't make it easy. There's valleys in my life. But where I really got to know God was in that valley. Can my Jesus followers maybe help me out here and say, yep, that's true. That's true. I know it is. Why? Because we believe that when we get to the end of our strength, that is where heavenly strength takes over. 
I'm telling you, this is just so true for me. I will be totally upfront with you, man. I really get to know God. I really get to know God when my strength runs out. When my strength runs out, meaning I think I can do something and I try it and sometimes it gets me in a valley. And sometimes I don't know what to do. Hey, 10 years ago, get this, 10 years ago, we had a lot going on in our family. We couldn't really make some good decisions and I was just trying to strategize. You ever just try to strategize? Do you ever overthink something by 50%? Oh my goodness, I did. And I didn't know why. But guess what, I started getting... uh, I start getting stomach aches. You ever get stomach aches, but it's not because you just ate too much too late? That is sometimes why, but that wasn't this. And it kept coming on and coming on. And I was like, honey, I'm talking to my wife, Jennifer, and Jennifer, I, I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't get nausea for no reason. You know, I had put so much strategy on my shoulders and so much thinking into what I thought I could do with my strength that it broke me. And I remember the day that I said, God, I am giving all of this to you. And you may not believe me, and I don't even care. I remember the day that it was as if a weight was lifted off of me. I could take you to the spot, but it's really far away. Where I just said, God, this is yours. This is yours. Can I just be honest with you? It didn't get better that day. But I did. Because I gave it over to him. And I finally gave in. And guess what I had in my valley for the first time? Peace. Peace in the valley. It is in the valley that you find the strength. Why? Because God is with us. If you're in the valley right now, you have access to a very real, very present power of a good God who is available and ready to come and assist you. He might just be waiting for you to give in. Because you might still think that you know the way out. It says, blessed are those whose strength is found in God. Here's what it doesn't say. You ready? Blessed are those who make it on their own. Don't you wish it said that? Because we try really hard at that. We work hard at that, don't we? I'm going to be independent. I'm going to do it on my own. And I don't think God is sitting over in the corner laughing because he's an active God. He's not passively making fun of you to the angels. But I do think he's thinking like, when is he just going to give in? When is he just going to let me try to show him how it can be done? Blessed are those who find their strength in God. Get this. The valley is not the destination. You are just passing through. You ever be in a valley so long you think this is just where you live now? Can you imagine like 10 years ago? I I remember thinking like, I guess this is just life now. I guess this is what I'm going to do. Like every couple days, I get a really bad stomachache. I think I'm dying. And then uh, Jennifer tells me, you're not dying. And that doesn't work. And you think it would. But like, do you think I just thought like, this is just the way it's going to be? I did think that. But the valley's not the destination. You are just passing through. Look, it says, as they go through the Valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs, which is super interesting. The early rain all covers it with, in other words, I am in a valley now, but that is not my home. I'm in a bad spot, but that is not my home. I'm headed to where? Peace. God may show you, God may show you that the way is through the valley, not out of the valley. Anybody ever want God to just bring a helicopter and just pull you up out of the valley? Man, I do. I start there. Honestly, I don't think that's a sin. I don't. I don't. Like when you're in a deep valley, dark valley, I start with God remove me from this. And sometimes in my own strength, I think that's the best thing. And it rarely is, though. 
He's like, I'm going to get you out, but we're going to go through. I'm not going to pluck you out. It says they make it a place of springs. In the King James, it says they make it a well. What's a well have in it? It's filled with what? Water. In other words, we're going to take a dry place. All kinds of words for valley. We're going to take a dry place, and we're going to make it a place of springs, a place that accepts water. Now, here's the interesting part. It hadn't rained yet. You say, wait a minute. So we're going to take a dry place and, and call it a spring? That seems like bad marketing. It's a steakhouse. We only serve those mushroom steaks that people call steaks. That's going to be disappointing. Don't you think that would be disappointing for people? Maybe like four of you in here. I'm like, oh, that'd be great. No, it wouldn't be. It's not a steak. It's a mushroom. <laughs> what is God trying to tell us in that? Take a dry place and make it a place to spring. But it hadn't even rained yet. Let me tell you, so much of what we believe and do and, and, and apply from God's word has to do with how we think. I'm going to set my mind to it. I'm going to set my mind on God, on peace. He is going to make it rain. Well, how do you know that? Because he said so. So I want to be ready. Jesus acted like that. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And he acted like that. You, you ever read the story of the man with the withered hand in the New Testament? He wanted what? Healed. He didn't want to have a withered hand anymore. And Jesus, you, you remember the story? What did Jesus say to the man with the withered hand? Did he say, your hand's fine. You're good. No, 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 no. He gave him direction. You know what he said? Stretch out your hand. Seriously? That's what you said to him. Couldn't he just bam it? Couldn't he just like think it? Who thinks he could have done that? Absolutely could have done that. I think he wanted to see that he set his mind to it. Your hand is withered? Stretch it out. There's another story. man who hadn't walked in 38 years. 38 years. Had never walked. Wanted to be healed. What did Jesus say to him? I wrote it down. Take up your bed and walk. What? No, uh, by the power of, no, none of that. Heal me. All right, stand up. And walk in 38 years. Is, is God maybe saying to some of you today, let me see where your mind's at on this. I want to do it. Stretch out your hand. Get up and walk. You're in a valley. What, what is God asking you to do? Because we know God's with us in the valley. Where is your mind when you're in the valley? Listen, I don't know everybody here. I don't. I couldn't possibly. But I know when I wrote this a month ago, I know that someone in this room today would need to hear this, to set your mind on God. And he might be saying, stretch out your hand. Get ready to receive it. Take a step. Well, I don't know which way to step. Well, follow his voice. Take a step. You're in the valley of God. And you're saying, I don't know what to do. And God is saying, take a step. Reach out your hand. Set your mind. Quick advice, something I've learned, right? God rarely, this may be just me, God rarely reveals his strength to me when I am in a rush. You guys ever try to rush God on this? It says a thousand years here is like a day in heaven. You think he's in a hurry to get you to that eagle's kickoff at one? Is it one? You guys are like, I'm not saying I'm not saying. I refuse to answer that. 
Rick Giussani, is it one? Thank you. All right. I knew he would be truthful with me. He's saying, you have got to slow down. You guys remember the series on space where we talked about rest and none of you did it and now you're paying, you're reaping the dividend for it? Remember that? What's your calendar look like? Slow down. You're in a rush. You're in a rush. When in the valley, do this first. You ready? Stop and listen. Stop and listen. Make a well. Prepare for his presence. And if you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. It couldn't be more true in my life. God never, ever, 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 ever promised that you would not go through a valley. He never, ever, ever promised that. God never said that. He did promise you that you would never go through a valley alone. And if you're in that valley right now, and you're not a Jesus follower, you don't have God in your heart, you're not a Christian, you're not saved, whatever vernacular you, you heard, then what you have is what you have. Or you could completely change your life, not just in the moment, but for all of eternity. You know, we're, I'm going I'm to read a few more verses, but I want our worship team to kind of start making their way back up to the stage. It's a little early, I get that, but I, I just really want to get into this next part because it says in 84.7, Psalm 84.7, that they go from strength to strength. Now listen, you say, why would they write it like that? I know it's Hebrew and we don't have a great, like I'm not a great Hebrew translator, shocker to all of you, but they go from strength to strength. To me, when I read that, it's like, huh, this is progressive, this is that stretch out your, your hand aspect. This is take up your bed and walk aspect. They go from a little bit of strength to a little more strength to even more of God's strength to even more of God's strength. Quite honestly, I don't know that I could handle what God has for me in 10 years today. But I want to get there. But I'm going to get there a little bit at a time. And then a little more and a little more and a little more until it says each one appears before God and Zion. Listen, they will go from strength to strength, from strength to strength. Whose strength are we going from and to? Not mine. I only got so much and it runs out quick. His strength. So you could be in that valley right now. And God is not saying you need to climb up the wall. El Capitan, man, get to the top. He's not asking you to do that. You know what he's asking you to do? Stretch out your hand. Take a little step, and you will go from strength to strength to strength to strength to strength. Imagine if you took that super seriously where you'd be a year from today, 365 days from now. You took 365 steps towards God. Where would you be? You say, I might still be in that valley. It's a deep valley, Pastor. Oh, I get that that you'll be closer and closer and closer. So, Father, as we pray to you today, especially for those in the valley, here's what I want to do. I pray especially for those who are in the valley that you would be everything they need in the valley, just as we are praying. Go ahead and put your pens away, shut your phones down. This is why we came, all right? If, if, God, I pray especially for those who are in that valley right now. And they don't know how to get out, but they know now you are it. In fact, if you're in a valley right now, why don't you just 
Just let us know. Just raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you here in just a minute. I'm going to help you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. A lot of hands. Thank you. Just get them up high. I can see you. We're, we're all friends here. We, I, I never say no one's looking around because we are looking around. This is where you come. This is okay in here to raise your hand and say, I'm in a valley. Thank you. I got you. Here's me. Let me see you. All right. Here's how I'm going to pray for you. Got you guys, here, just in Jesus' name, I know you've got a lot of things going on. And maybe one of those is really heavy. Maybe one of those is the wobbly plate, and maybe it crashed years ago. So, Father, I pray, I pray to you, I pray that you would move, that you would reveal yourself. God, I thank you that you are there in the valley for those today. God, I pray in your strength that they would make a well, that they would stretch out their hand. Father, I pray that they would make provision for your power and your presence. Father, I pray they would slow down and pause and say, God, I need you. I'm drawing near to you, and I know that you will draw near to me. And we thank you even more. Don't, don't even, guys, don't even get ahead of God on that answer, but that, God, even before you move, we will, we will stretch out our hand with expectation, knowing that you're a God who loves us and loves to move. We thank you that you are Emmanuel, God with us. You'll never leave us. You'll never forsake us. You'll never make us go through a valley alone. And as you are continuing to pray, those of you that raise your hand, or maybe those of you that are so deep in that valley, you couldn't raise your hand. We are praying for you. But others of you, you don't even know. You, you, you're trying to get out of this thing alone. And you didn't wander in here today, Okay. You stretched out and you came in here today. I'm convinced that sometimes God lets us get to a place where we're so low that the only place we can look is up. And we see him. We look toward him. The good news is God isn't ignoring you. He's looking back. Jesus is the sinless son of God. It was a whole, whole month we're celebrating that. Jesus is who loved and reached out to people who were hurting people who are broken, to people whose their lives are torn apart, and he loved them. He loved them. He said, I will never leave you. Jesus came to earth because of our sin, and he died on the cross because of our sin. He took my sin upon him. He died in my place, but it gets better. On the third day, he rose again. He lives because of me. He died because of me. Jesus took my place so that anyone that includes you. Anyone that would put their faith in him, they will be saved. And you will no longer be alone. The Bible says anyone who calls on the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus Christ, your sin will be forgiven. That's the deepest valley that you're in right now. One that you can't get out of without Jesus. When you confess your need, he forgives your sin. He brings life and he does it abundantly. I would be remiss if I did not tell you how to accept Jesus as your Savior, but just because I love you so much, man, if you're here and that is you, you've never accepted Jesus. You are in this valley alone. You are trying, but it isn't working. You just let me know. Just raise your hand up. I, like, I know there's people here. There's probably people online. 
I'm not able to see your, your hand online if you're watching online, but I know you're there. And if that's you, as I see a few of you, as that's you, you say, dear Jesus, I know I am a sinner. You pray that directly to the King Jesus. I believe that you came in humility for me. You died on the cross. You rose from the dead. Come into my life. From this day forward, I will follow you. Son, Jesus' name.